Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl Sandra, uh, here tonight to talk about a lot of Chicago Red Stars things. Uh, myself and my friend, homie, and colleague Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator, have taken a little time away uh, in light of recent events, of which there were many. Uh, we went to Louisville and covered a Chicago Red Stars NWSL Championship Finals appearance, uh, which uh, they lost to Washington Spirit, 2-1 in uh, extra time. And then a interesting sequence of events followed and sort of fell out uh, post uh, that championship appearance. So in short, there is a lot to get through as always, and uh, I definitely couldn't do this one alone because right now, during this time, I don't think any of us can do any of this alone. So like I said, I'm here tonight with my friend, homie and colleague, Scam Originated, Claire Watkins. My dude, how you doing tonight? I think we're gonna find out, I think is the answer. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I don't actually know. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna like, Def, um, I don't know. How are you, Sandra? I like that. That's yeah. you know what? I this isn't video, but we are hanging out with each other. Um, and I think the best way to explain how I am right now, physically, to be quite honest, it was a little congested, but in the other ways, like spiritually, emotionally, mentally, I think I'm just kind of tired, man. Yeah. I think I'm just kind of tired and I wish I had better ways to articulate that, but I'm just kind of tired. And, and this time that we sort of have had um, to ourselves to sort of kind of reflect on things and take care of ourselves. Um, that's really the only way I can put it. And I found myself kind of, thinking back to this entire 2021 season and how there were a lot of moments this year, specifically covering the Red Stars, watching these players play and kind of thinking they seem kind of tired. And I find myself now in the end of November, 2021, just sort of saying, well, damn, that's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where like you're out somewhere or something and you like start crying and you're not really sure like why you're crying. <laughs> and the only thing you can just keep repeating is you're just like, I'm sorry, I'm so tired right now. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just like so tired. And that's where this is coming from. I'm not sad. I'm just like, so, so tired. Um, that's kind of like where I feel like I'm at. And that was how I felt that was how I felt in Louisville even. Yes. And then like, I felt that was a very intense experience. I think we all knew it was going to be, um, we haven't been able to do anything like that in two years. Chicago was involved, um, sort of the nature of how Chicago got there and how that game ended. And, um, just, you know, Sandra and I have both been working pretty hard and it was just a very, hard end to a very hard season and 
and just being around that many people, I don't know anybody listening to this can relate, but just like you, everyone has eased their way like back into society the ways that they have, but um, championship weekend is an emotionally intense experience in like a good year. And I think that this year, like literally where I was at, like at least one person was crying at all times. And like, yes. again, not in a way that was like, they were sad. It was like, a, everybody's just like kind of processing how they got here, where they're going. Yes. There were absolutely, <laughs> there were absolutely moments where uh, I caught myself in my eyeballs like feeling like welling up or yeah. you know and yeah. and being like oh I'm just so happy we're all alive right yeah there were there were several occasions in which that thought crossed my mind yeah. <laughs> during the time in Louisville um but you know it just and I there were several moments where I was just like can you believe that we're like doing this again yeah there's so many of us in the same place and in the same spaces trying to cover the same thing and you know for narrowing it down to us you and I uh I guess in light of this in fairness to this podcast and what we do it's like we had a horse in the race I guess no no Louisville pun intended but I just like the Chicago Red Stars found themselves in another NWSL final third consecutive if we're looping in the wild 2020 that was the challenge cup um and it was a third consecutive loss um and that in itself is tiresome you know and draining. yeah it's brutal like it's like not even right I can't the whole thing about all of that too is you know people can feel however type of way they want to feel about like partiality or impartiality, but it's like, I don't care that they lost the game. You know, it's just, it is hard to watch these players have to go through this three years in a row. Oh yeah. And that's like where it begins and ends for me. You know, it's like, I don't care about I mean, like, sure, it'd be great. I love the city of Chicago. I want good things for the for many of the people involved in that club. Um, but in any ways, or it's like hard to watch them lose. It's not because I care who wins the game. It's just because to get so close, and they even got closer this time, right? Um, Closest they've ever gotten, and having. Yeah. And, and so it's just hard to watch these players go yeah. through that. That's yeah. all, you know? Well, go through that and sort of go out in the way in which they did. You know, I, I, uh, Claire and I had our, our moments in Louisville as well, because, uh, as, as our subscribers and because we, we, we wrote our, a little bit of a piece for our Patreon subscribers. So they have a, a better idea of what I'm alluding to here, but, you know, Claire, and I have done a lot of growing up in this space mm-hmm. and making it back to cover an NWSL championship final in 2021 with the Chicago Red Stars involved was, com- was completely different mm-hmm. from our experience doing that in 2019. And obviously in 2020 as well, when we were doing everything virtually. Um, and there were some real moments of, of gratitude and happiness as well, because I am incredibly proud of my friend Claire 
And I know that she is also very happy for me and my success. And so there were absolute moments of like checking in with each other and making sure that we were like still okay. And like that we were doing the things that we were doing for our, (laughs) for these other outlets that we have grown up into um, while still making sure that we connected with each other and our community that we have sort of uh, all come together here with Southside Prep. So there was a lot of a lot of of emotions throughout throughout the week and for it to sort of conclude in the way in which it did it just it for lack of a better word it did just kind of suck it was like you wanted uh for that group of players you know who who took who took the pitch through the quarterfinal the semifinals <laughs> NWSL championship you absolutely wanted that for those players mm-hmm. um and growing up in all these spaces uh, i'm maybe claire can also relate to this as well like you get like personal friends and, and family who are like because that's what happens when when you're when a team that you cover makes it to the grandest stage right people start asking you questions and checking in with you a little bit more mom or uncle or cousin or whatever hey that team you've been covering for years is in that final aren't they on big cbs well, yes, they are, Theo, <laughs> you know, and like you, you chat about it and um, then they, then they lose. And then, you know, there's like, oh, like what happened? And you find yourself sort of very simply explaining it to these people in your life. And you're like, I caught myself at one point being like, well, you know what, Theo, what happened was uh, they nearly died this yeah. year. Yeah. Right. And then they finally like said, that's too much. They've and, finally uh, lay lay down and let the grass just yes. overtake. And it was just yeah. it just was like a thing that happened. And uh, even in that game itself, like we we told ourselves that we were going to spend too much time on it because we know so many of so many of our our listeners have probably processed that and moved on in their own ways. But this right. is us finally getting a chance to do that now. But it just sort of feels very symbolic as I look back on, on the Red Stars playoff push here that somebody like Katie Johnson or somebody like a Rachel Hill like came up with the biggest moments for these team uh, for this team in, in the final stretch, you know? And it's just like insane to sort of sit and reflect on that in the larger scope of, you know, what's possibly to come next for this, for this club. Um, you know, to just see somebody like uh, uh, Morgan Gatra just um, be lights out yeah. during um, this playoff push, um, almost looking like she wanted to puke, <laughs> you know, because of getting and it at all. Like it's it's take, a lot to take taking, in. Taking the armband when Vanessa Di Bernardo sits down in like a pile of tears. Says I can't. And says I can't. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, And to have to cover that like in person, it's a, it's tough and it's hard for, for everybody uh, involved. And I think, you know, especially for some of us, and I say this a lot for some of us who've been around, right. Or who go here, you know, you hear me say that a lot. It, it weighs different maybe yeah. from, more, you know, sort of more kind of neutral outlet and stuff like that. So I think on, on it's, it's in complete fairness to say that, what this team ended up doing and accomplishing was incredibly impressive. Um, and they should be proud of themselves for that, for very clearly 
relying and leaning on each other to get to that point. And it's also completely fair to say that that shit was devastating as fuck. The thing that got me, the thing that I actually like, it was like, I, I felt like I had to like physically turn, like I had to avert my eyes was the picture of the team after they scored. Yeah. And they just, the joy. It's not, it's not only like a dog pile, but they're already so tired then mm-hmm. and it's halftime. And you can just see for a moment, they actually believe that they might be able to pull this off. And it's, it is, it's heartbreaking. And again, it's like, it's not, Yeah. it's just from per, like a, to be a human being and watch that, yeah. that is, it's tough. Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's also like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say like, if, Chicago hadn't had any injuries they would have won or even yeah. like anything like that because like that's not fair first of all it's not fair to the Washington spirit and Number it's one also one. not fair to like we know how these games work it's possible that if Chicago has everybody available they don't win in Portland the week before you know it's yeah. just that's that's not how this season has worked yep um but it is true that it was a very competitive game just that game, just the final. And the Red Stars did not <clears throat> even get like a chance to fight that one out at the end. Um, yeah. There's just a, uh, it turns out, you know, for a long time, there was like a little bit of a, little bit of humor that we tried to find in it. And, and Claire constantly saying like, you have the toes that you have. And then eventually they just ran out of them. Right. You just don't. Right. You just, and then eventually you just run out of them. And, um, you know, that's a long season. You're talking like almost 10 months to sort of ride or die and grind together. Um, and then it just, it just, you just run out of them. Um, I guess maybe to not transition a little bit, but even to just sort of highlight everything that they were kind of dealing with leading up to the final, right? Like the unknowns about, you know, whether or not they were going to have a full roster available, you know, somebody, you know, like a Casey Kruger or Mal Pugh and, and Kayla Sharples, you know, going through what they had to go through with their COVID protocol. Um, the unknowns about Kalia Watt and her knee injury sustained in the semifinal, you know, there were just all of these things, right? Um, and then instead of just, I don't know, answering the question from the media yeah uh rory dames gave a non-answer and then just waited for us to find out with our eyeballs uh 10 minutes later as open training was open to the media and then we got to see that somebody like akila sharples and and mel Pugh had you know completed their covid protocol through the most final day that they could um and participate in a day of training, right, for that team. But even then, it's like, well, you had to go through something and be apart from your team for a while. Like, how much of that is going to be an asset? And Pew was another one of those players that came off of the pitch during that championship final. You just saw it happening before your eyes uh, where they, the players were just sort of being taken out of this game, you know, just because of other circumstances. And it just felt a little different and weighed a bit heavier than perhaps it would have in a semifinal 
right? It's Portland because you're, this is it. This yeah. is the one. <laughs> and they're playing a team and they're playing a team that fundamentally isn't better than them. They're just not. The Washington Spirit are very good. The Chicago Red Stars are also very good. They were playing, this was not like North Carolina in 2019, right? Like I said, it was a very competitive game. Yeah. And they did not really have a shot to play it the way that they could, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And even then they took it all the way to extra time. And even then they had two moments at the very, very end where they could have sent it to penalties. And I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you guys. And you know that I tend to be a little bit of a pessimist, but I don't know if penalties would have gone great for them. I don't know if that would have been better. Your legs legs at that point are not great. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'll say this, I think this is not like to seg, but you know, I think, um, I think where we're at right now, you know, is, is sort of looking back on the many years of this team, um, coming very close and like doing so well. And it's just been a history of performances that are excellent, but feel a little bit suppressed, right. Just like a little bit for whatever reason. And I think this was maybe the one game where it wasn't mental, you know, and it wasn't emotional. It was not, they were ready. And it just, this time, it was the physical that took them out. And that again is like hard to watch. It's hard to watch a team put all of those pieces together and then be let down by like the most basic of things, right? Yeah, betrayal of the body, right? When, you're, when your mind and your heart are telling yeah. you to go, go, go. Are telling you to go, exactly. Tough, yeah. it's absolutely, absolutely tough. Maybe, I guess maybe like for a little bit of a transition, maybe. You know, it's um, it's tough scenes, right? It's, it's, it's the, you know, it's the absolute, joy of victory on one side and then the absolute like agony of defeat on the other. Um, Covering it, we were at the ground level. And I think maybe now is a good time to absolutely shout out supporters group, Chicago uh, 134 and and their amazing presence, right? Throughout the entire long weekend of of this event and at the stadium, at Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. amazing scenes it was it echoed what we witnessed in 2019 and that you know trip that they took to, to North Carolina and it was similar um in 2021 and I think if we're looking for silver linings that was a really nice one to see because I think there were a lot of moments in navigating this pandemic where you wonder if all of that sort of great community building that was done if it was sort of still able to manifest itself like that and we got to see it let's transition a little bit yeah a little bit more outside of shouting out one three four the game does end we know we like we obviously took a few videos and pictures of of their presence us being as media sort of um being field side being on on the field checking all that out and uh it was great to see the support and again equally devastating to see how uh devastating the players 
before about that uh, and then seeing Washington Spirit, you know, and what they went through also in their year in 2021 and being able to lift the trophy, a lot of different emotions um, on the pitch and that that stuff exits to what is essentially a post-game presser. And um, we were given access to Morgan Gutra, Rachel Hill on the player side of things for Chicago. Um, yeah, and just, uh, I mean, the sheer exhaustion <laughs> that we saw, you know, from Morgan Gutra, like having to do this. <laughs> um, and I remember, and I think I actually tweeted out that reaction. There were a ton of questions that were coming and there were two players there. and Rachel Hill, you know, I absolutely like did her due diligence and best to answer the questions when they were directed to her. But Morgan Gutra absolutely fielded the majority of these questions. And it was a little bit of, I'll just be blunt. It was a little bit of a different feeling and vibe that there has been um, from Chicago's uh, leadership in terms of the players in big losses like this, um, because we did not talk to big players who were at the time, the leaders of the team in other devastating losses. Um, but here we are in 2021 and the person who wore the armband on the pitch for the majority of the game is like taking all these questions, which is by definition, like what a captain and leader is supposed to do. So you have Morgan Gutra taking all these questions and, and answering them in the best way that you can. Rachel Hill as well, both at, at one point sort of uh, speaking to you know, getting to this point and sort of losing again and with Morgan Gutra feeling gutted about that and saying like, we wanted it so bad <laughs> and like sort of saying kind of in the present tense that like they want it period. And then to hear somebody like Rachel Hill, who's a little bit newer, sort of say like, that's why I really wanted to come here. Like what's to play in a game like this, you know? Um, and I remember just sort of like asking them for their thoughts on that and like getting those responses from them. Um, and then we got access to Rory Dames, Claire. Uh, and I remember in this press conference, just sort of asking him flat out if, you know, the window's closed. I don't think it was an unfair question at the time and I still don't think it is now because you look at, what was the longest standing NWSL coach for a decade, basically getting to constant playoffs, getting to three finals now coming up short every single time. And knowing like those of us who cover this space, like knowing that women's professional soccer careers have a certain longevity <laughs> as compared to their male counterparts, that it's not unrealistic to say that like a four-year window or five-year window is like, is this is done, especially with a double hit expansion on the horizon. And uh, he just gave some answer talking about essentially that, no, it wasn't. Uh, and it turns out that life comes at you real fucking fast sometimes because now we're going to transition into some things that happen post championship unless of course you my friend want to say any final things on the championship. i don't really know if it's relevant right like i i think we've seen um 
I, I think you see sometimes the story that a team kind of tells themselves or, or seriously, just like a coach tells themselves. Um, and you always have to sort of take, you know, you have to take it you know, to take it in. You have to listen to what they have to say. And you have to sort of internalize that because those perspectives are useful frequently. Um, especially when the relationship between the people on the inside and the outside can get combative at times. If one side doesn't feel like they're being listened to, you know, but no, I mean, I think, I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit of deja vu here because I've said this multiple times. You and I have said this multiple times. After that 2019 final, there was a sense of, oh, this particular thing that this team was is over, you know? And it seemed like to some extent the team had accepted that. They sort of accepted it as like a hand of fate like there's nothing we can do this is just what happens sometimes and we're just gonna like keep going right from a player's perspective i understand that because there's a lot that's not in their control but even just team-wide and so after this game and this is this has been true for the Red Stars since 2017. After these seasons, they make it however far they make it. And then these seasons end. And you're just like, not everybody's sticking around here. Because you can't. Um, it's just a feeling, right? Despite how people within the team... Or like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. You know, stuff happens, whatever. It's fine. Um, and so I think it was just that same feeling after this game where you're just like, well, this is over. And uh, we're now we just have to wait and see what that means exactly. Um, yeah. And then the off season began and like, Y'all can go back and check. I think we said like multiple times over the last six weeks, we said, okay, there's some stuff here that we got to save for the off season because we have to talk about these games. Yep. And then they kept playing games. <laughs> they went all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, and let the off season begin, huh? Yeah. Kicked off uh, for Chicago, I think, in uh, the most – uncomfortable of ways i would imagine uh if you're anybody uh in that club front office staff volunteer player or otherwise um the chicago red stars uh, closed out their 2021 season on november 20th the you know championship finals loss they earned uh runners up of the season congratulations for them on the championship uh runner up but um that following day uh, in the near midnight hour, um, the club sent out a 
media release. A media release to, you know, obviously their their press list. And it essentially said that Roar Dames was uh, resigning as head coach of the Chicago Red Stars uh, after 11-something years. And unfortunately, uh, after the entire year that everyone has gone through and witnessed and experienced, the immediate reaction to that was, well, that's suspicious. (laughs) And um, it was absolutely the correct reaction to have to that action that the club took. Uh, because hours later, uh, midday, uh, the Washington Post came out with a story that detailed uh, allegations of Rory Dame's verbal abuse against players during his tenure with the Chicago Red Stars specifically, um, stemming back as early as 2014 which was the literal second year of the league's existence. Uh, And then again in 2018, and allegations were brought up to U.S. soccer uh, by then former Chicago Red Stars player Kristen Press. Um, And within this report from the Washington Post, um, there were seven sources that were involved in this reporting. And I think a big thing within this is that three of those sources were willing to go on record. And there were still the majority of those sources who did not want to be identified. And I think for me, the two things that ring, the bells that ring most loudly for me in in reading this was A, learning about how early some of these allegations happened. And then... B, the fact that we are still very clearly navigating a time in which the players rightfully um, fear retaliation. Um, And that's heartbreaking. Um, So the piece was devastating to get through just because of what was talked about within it. And... Of course, the reaction out of it was also equally devastating uh, because within that, you have U.S. soccer that's evolved, Chicago Red Stars, right? And then the fact that uh, Dames is the head of the most prolific youth club in the Midwest. And we haven't even you know? started there, yeah, right? Yeah. Like... <laughs> And it's just all of these entanglements that just make you want to rip your eyeballs out, uh, quite frankly, because of how things are structured, how soccer is structured in America. And you just see it's just so laid out in black and white how systematic it is. And it's just laid out there and you're just reading it and you're just sort of like you think back automatically like wait a minute wait a second 
this person was allowed to resign. Yeah. Um, not great. <laughs> In the not middle great. of the fucking night. Powerless. Like, you know, the Red Powerless. Stars, we don't know who because they don't put a name on it. The Red Stars can make statements about how they didn't know and how they thought they had processes in place to stop this from happening. They let him resign in the middle of the night. I think it was John Halloran who had sources that said that they knew this was coming. Um, man, I go back to how little Chicago had to say after that Paul Riley story broke Oof. and just Oof. it was clear they just wanted to like stay out of it I guess yeah. and it's like they're trying to stay out of this story too except it's about them if you don't touch it it won't touch you right which um, is really stupid yeah I mean I think well first thing I want to say here is like you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna solve this tonight. No. Um we're no, probably this is, this is the feelings podcast, everybody. Yeah, I mean like I, I definitely I tried to, you know, you you had to do uh the attacking third podcast for CBS. I, I went on Meg Linehan's podcast for the athletic. Um doing those things, you have to be very comfortable with the idea that you're not gonna say everything that you wanna say and you can't try to encapsulate this whole thing like once um but uh right i just want to say that like if this seems like kind of meandering um it's because it is <laughs> um and that's just <laughs> kind of how we're feeling um and we don't know how to we're not trying to turn this into content right like we're not uh -huh. You know, we just don't know what to do other than to just kind of talk about it. Um, yeah, because the patrons are going to get this first. They always do. Yeah. And depending on how we feel about it, then it's going to go. Like, you know, it's just and we're yeah. just we're just we're doing it. Yeah. We find um, ourselves like ready to finally do it. So here we are doing it. But yeah, I mean, it. it, it um, You know, and I, I said this, I did say this on the athletic podcast, but even when you got the email the Roy James was resigning. This is before the Washington Post story comes out, you know. Um, you, first of all, are like, what are they doing? What are you doing? But you're also like, you do have this thought, which is, I think, a thought that you've seen a lot of former players express which is that, like, you just never thought it was going to happen. And we know what that says about Rory Dames, but God damn, what does that say about the Red Stars? Yep. Um, and, yeah, I, um, <sighs> reading that piece was hard and necessary. And um, 
it's like you're just dealing with a coach who clearly does not think that he ever crossed the line. And you're dealing with a federation that said to players that he never crossed the line. And then you read about what behavior that was. And you even understand how players in that moment don't know how to figure out what is crossing the line and what's not. Um, maybe takes a player like Kristen Press, who has a little bit more clarity on such things. We've spoken about this before. She is someone who ushered in a lot of new professional measures for the Red Stars before leaving. Um, and then, you know, the whole kind of, the whole kind of Jenga tower starts to fall a little bit. And you start to think about like, well, the way this team relates to media doesn't seem good. Um, the way the team seems to relate to players, whether they're still there or who have left, doesn't seem good. Um, it's staff situation is parentally terrible every year. Um, and I think you can be convinced and I'm not saying that we're like immune to this, but you can be convinced that that's just like normal. And maybe it takes a little something to sort of like break, break the window to bring some clarity to, I mean, I can say it brought some clarity to me. Um, I don't know if that was true for you too, Sandra. Like, I think for both of us, it was, I don't know. It was a lot of different feelings and they came over a course of days. Yeah. Just like looking at it in a thing that I did and sort of trying to process it, bringing it down, like looking at it in eras, right. In which like the Red Stars is, existed under Dames, which is funny because it's their literal complete end of history. history. Yeah. <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, again, with like the early allegations in, in 2014 and how that's literal second year of the league's existence, you know, and then an attempt to bring it up again. Um on her way out, you know, Chris and Press on her way out, which, you know, that's maybe like how I'm thinking about it or or initially was like one of the ways that I was trying to process it because, you know, this was a player that showed up to this club and did her job. And I know that there have been moments where like we have come on this podcast, Claire, and we are like so excited to talk about Kristen Press and the Kristen yeah. Press era because we are Kristen Press fans. Yeah. And to sort of like, I can remember, like I, it, it took me back to like remembering of like these moments in which talking about it. And there are moments where you can go back on some of these episodes where I'm like, so some of you are probably going to feel some type of way because we're talking about Kristen press and yeah. we're talking about like getting too close to it. And we're also seeing that in the post reactions, right. Of, of all of these, these, this news that the people are, are, are finding out about, 
that you see people who are really strong supporters of the club who have like come out and been like, well, we like really fucked this up about our perspectives of somebody like a, a Kristen Press. Um, and there's been a lot of that too, right? There's been a lot of like, there's also been that that post reaction for people from this type of news, that, that type of reaction where it's like, well, where did I fuck up? Or how could I have done better? Um, and again, in processing all this, it took me back to us trying to do our jobs, right? In the moment, in the time, in the, in the eras in which like things are happening. And in this 2021 season is a very specific era where transformational things are happening. And we finally had the opportunity to get into uh, a virtual conference with players and dames in light of all of the Paul Riley stuff and how you and I were the literal two people asking questions in trying to get any type of first reaction finally from people on the club and feeling equally terrible that it was once again falling on the players because we had spoken to Turner Davidson and Talia Watt but it was also the first time that we were going to hear from somebody like Rory Dames and thinking about how you deliberately asked like is there something that has this caused you an opportunity or a moment to like reflect on things yeah I asked him was there things you would do something different and just the sort of non-answer yeah. that you were given, you know, it's just, uh, you all, when something like this comes out, you automatically think back to those kinds of things. And that is what I think people are doing right now in this space, whether they are the most, whether they are the most casual of Red Stars fans or whether, or if they are the most ardent, ferrant, like, deeply invested type of season ticket holder fan for the club or if they're somebody in the media space or if they're uh somebody who you know was in the staff space or volunteers but like everybody has been thinking about that and I think that's sort of where we're at now where people are like well what comes next or how do we process or what is this? And like yeah. we said already, like we, this isn't going to be like a solutions podcast. No, this is the feelings podcast, but we're talking about it. Yeah. And, and right. And I think we've tried to, well, also like, I mean, to be like completely honest, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't think about this team last week. Like I, I, there were, it was like, there were moments where I was like, I just can't, Yeah, I can't, I cannot think about this. Um, yeah. I would say that like initially it was a little bit surreal. Um, and then that sort of pit of your stomach. And, and when I say this, I want to be like clear, like I don't know how to describe it as anything other than guilt. The, it, you, in just that knowing knowing that you dedicated a lot of time and effort and even your own mental and emotional processing to try to rationalize in a rational situation um and to know that there was probably i don't know 
I don't know. I mean, this is the whole thing, right? Where the, the feeling of guilt does not come from a specific moment of failure. It comes from so desperately not wanting to contribute to this, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And, and I think this is also like a good time to, you know, shout out, <laughs> shout out maybe an infrastructure that works. Like, you know, shout out to Molly Hensley Clancy yeah. and the Washington Post for having like an infrastructure that works to both protect the reporter who yeah. is doing the work, the sources, both named and unnamed, right? Having the appropriate systems in place to offer those protections, legal or otherwise, right? To ensure that this reporting gets done. Because within that too is like, there are so many of our colleagues who are in this space in between those lines. And can, you and I could probably speak to this, can find themselves being pulled in certain directions as you're trying to navigate that space as best as you can. Um, and a big thing for me, even though I know you and I both wrote a little something um, via the patron, but a, a big thing for me and also processing this was, was that component because my other immediate reaction to this was like, <laughs> stop that Sandra like this is not about me <laughs> it's like I'm just trying to like you don't want to be that person where you're like well well what about like me and what I went through and and the ways of which all of that um I just very deeply was concerned about really the current players in place knowing what we had literally just witness them go through and like the run that they just did I, I would say that I I definitely same but I think also like my heart also actually very much goes out to former players oh, um, gosh. yeah uh who I think everybody was sort of revisiting yeah. uh their time spent basically yeah. Um, and man, that the Red Stars alumni, they had a group come down to Louisville, yeah. a whole crew, they yeah, hung they out, they rolled deep. There are, there are players who are very proud of their time at that club and the friends that they made. And one of the things about being in the sphere of you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get myself fucking sued, but like in the sphere of something like this, um, there are things that you don't realize until you hear somebody else tell their story. And I, and I think, and I just, my heart goes out to every former red star as well, who yeah. had to revisit maybe painful things in this week. Yeah. Because right. it's Un unexpectedly. Yeah. Unexpectedly perhaps. Yeah. Right. You know, because that was, you know, an equal part of the reaction. I mean, my God, I had Abby Ursic being like, damn, I wonder when I wonder when this was going to drop. You know, somebody like Melissa Tancredi being like, geez, finally, you yeah. know, yeah. youth players yeah, coming out and speaking on this youth players 
you know, like players who are young adults now talking about their personal traumas, you know? Um, And it's just, there is no other way to like shape that or, or talk about that in that other that it's like devastating that it happened and went on for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I think the other element of this is I'm going to say something that everybody already knows, but um, one of the really hard things about a situation like this one is when you have players who are ready to tell their story, and I'm so happy that they were and that they were protected and that they were able to do that. Um, There are going to be other people who are not ready for their part of the story to be told. Yeah. And that's just a fact and you have to respect that exactly um and and that is a nature of these things too which is the um the burden of speaking out falls to the people who have been hurt and you never want to place expectations on that yeah and it clearly when you have someone whose sphere of influence is so wide There were a lot of people who I think, again, you know, we are a very tiny, tiny part of this, but you find yourself suddenly a little bit part of the story and you're like, wait, how did that happen to me? And so my, yeah, my, uh, my heart goes out to them as well. Um, Absolutely. It was just like this the cycle right like like just talking about the new cycle of it all was like like anything else in in the industry like incredibly rapid mm-hmm. right there was like the weird cowardly resignation in the middle of the night yeah there was the release of the post story there was reaction 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 there was a second statement that was released by the red stars that fit in a cell phone screenshot yep that echoed and mirrored a lot of the non-solutions that they refer to back in uh that next era for the red stars which i guess was like the 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 the, the dames rise of julie Ertz midfielder uh sam kerr type era where there were things that were put in place like player surveys that were going to make things better for this team. Um, And just the rapid reaction to that. And that sort of second statement from the team that again was three paragraphs long and fit in a screenshot. And then finally a third statement that was dropped again, late in the middle of the night, longer and also another sort of blanketed, statement to include all of the ownership and that word specifically used ownership not owners and investors because there's a difference when we're talking about people who own a stake in the chicago red stars and people who invest in the chicago red stars but this sort of third and final statement which finally issued an apology to former players who went on record and those who did not and then also continue to go on and on and on. And if people are interested in seeing that, they can go to the Chicago Red Stars website. I'm not going to echo that here. Um, but yeah, three separate statements. And then finally, that last one sort of having some type of an apology. Um, and then my reaction to that just sort of being like, wow, 
what an incredibly bold thing to do to release this type of statement once again in the middle of the night with no specific name on it um blanketing including clumping everybody in to one statement slash apology based on you know very an eras that were from very specific leadership um and it was just you know people can see it in the reactions online um it wasn't received well it wasn't received well and uh, that's just sort of where things are now still okay we're, so record, we're recording we're recording this on a tuesday the 30th so we're like almost a week from this here's what doesn't make sense just straight up doesn't make sense and if the team would like to on the record publicly tell people how this makes sense would love that um so right they thought they had protocols in place right like player surveys that sort of thing there was a complaint against the coach twice against dames twice uh 2014 to 2018 um in both of those years right um that sounds like player feedback to me right yeah that's a little Um, bit like player feedback a little bit like player feedback um and then they were actually sent requests slash demands um from the supporters group uh midway through this season didn't respond to that some of those requests were like very basic stuff like the local 134 would love to hear uh, that, that they have an HR department, which seems like a reasonable question. Um, yeah. apparently that's not a respondable, um, sort of a thing. Um, they said that they issued an investigation a couple weeks ago, actually, as well, like an, an extra one, an extra investigation. Cause they're trying to go above and beyond and, and be proactive. Um, and they let their assistant coach walk and dames was coach until november 20th and then they let him resign doesn't square doesn't make sense actually like literally does not um and so that's where i'm like why should anybody trust what happens next yeah i think that's where things are right now yeah there is uh and we've chatted a, a little bit about this uh, in light of like coming off of what was that that 2019 run, right? That was like, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm. Yeah, there was some sediment in my glass. You got to the bottom of that. Yeah. We we've talked about we sort of echoed this before, like in the past, with that like ridiculous 2019 run of that team. Like what? that sort of had those moments of like finality and like just sort of felt like, well, was that it, you know, and what the team was going to look like moving forward or how they were going to operate moving forward. Um, And the answer even then was to still have, you know, dames at the head of that table, you know, bringing in a player like Kalia Watt for 2020. And then obviously the pandemic turning it into what it, turned into you know and within all that 
wondering about all of those uh, external components that came with that very epic 2019 year and how that role would roll into a pandemic season for this club. And we're talking about like, you know, the things like all of the goodwill that was established and built up with their supporters and season ticket holders and casual fans, you know, the relationships that were finally um, solidifying with, with media after years and years of lack of presence, right. Um, their goodwill and standing with, you know, being just, you know, yes, like a, a Chicago team. And when you're in a sports saturated city, that matters. That matters. Like we've talked about that a lot, how that's incredibly difficult for women's pro sports in major market cities that once you have that goodwill, it comes because you're winning and you're doing things and all of that. So all these other external components that we had wondered about rolling into 2020, wondering if they were still there, had they been squandered, are they uh, hanging on a limb or are they somewhat fractured? And I think looking back at it now, we can agree that they were fractured right? Because the distance and everything being virtual, like played a role into that with the pandemic. And I think sitting here at the end of this very long season in 2021, talking about what we're talking about now, it's not fractured. It's broken. It's broke. Yeah, right. It's absolutely broke. I'm not saying it's dead, but it is definitely broken. So what does this club do? Like what, what is the next step how do they become the thing that they were telling everybody that they were because nobody believes that anymore about this club well yeah and then also like you want to talk about the history of the club let's talk about the history of the club let's talk about the history of players asking to leave yeah talk about the history of Kristen press asking to leave yeah sam johnson asked to leave uh you know maria sanchez yeah left the league um sam kerr left yep. and again the club said not not on us right just happens yep. um and here we are in the yep. 2021 off season and i am not People, this is not just Chicago. And I think anybody who thinks that is being incredibly short sighted, players are going to ask to leave. Yeah. You cannot put people in these situations and expect them to thank you. It's not just Chicago, too, too but much. it is also Chicago. <laughs> I love that. It's not just Chicago, but it's also a Chicago Resource podcast. So for now, it is Chicago. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you there, 100%. You, you don't, you just don't come off of the year that we all just went through collectively in within this league and think that in the in this off season, players who are finally feeling like they found a voice aren't going to use that. Right. You know, and also, like, and like, let's be frank. If you are a team that fostered the absolute power of an alleged verbal abuser for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got work. You got work to do. Why should anybody trust that you're going to, that the next person you hire is going to be any better? Yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible to build that trust back, but why should they trust you right now? 
Yeah. And uh, honestly, like, that's that's been a big thing that we've talked about this year in a lot of other spaces, you know, when it comes to things like transparency, right? Um, that's just not exi in existence right now. That was the, the last thing um, that was said about, you know, everything that was was happening from, you know, the the Chicago, the Chicago Red Stars, you know, they, they released that final statement, I believe it was on the 23rd, you know, and here we are a week later, and it's just sort of still, uh, you know, kind of radio silence, and we can, people can make their assumptions as to why that is, maybe a part of it is the fact that there is investigations on, ongoing, you know, into that, um, maybe that's uh, in light of the offseason taking off like a rocket, like it always does, you know, with a double expansion coming up and, yeah but uh, i'm regular... also i don't know about you sandra but i'm kind of sick of trying to come up with these reasons for why this stuff oh, it's is annoying as shit. You know? yeah yeah it's uh it adds uh <laughs> we're talking about work right yeah. what the work they got to do it's work for those of us who cover the team and quite frankly like the few people who cover it on a consistent basis um it's work. It's unnecessary labor. And also, uh, what benefit of the doubt does anybody have at this moment? Yeah. You know? Anyway, you should talk about the reporting that you did today, because it was... <laughs> well, I mean, like, maybe that's, like, the thing that, you know, we're, we're talking about, where it's, like, players sort of utilizing their voices, but, you yeah. know, I, I just put it out there on Twitter. Yeah. Because I had sources, you know, tell me that it's likely that Sarah Gordon's going to be heading to Angel City FC yeah. for the 20, their inaugural 2022 season. And you know what? Um, she is uh, a local homegrown Chicagoland kid uh, who has been with this club uh, since 2016. And when more information comes out, um, I'm sure people will just have to take a look at that and just accept that for yeah. what what that is because how yeah. we're going to talk about it right now is it's in an unofficial capacity because sure. that's, that's what it is yeah um but we're talking about you know players going through the year they just had and then coming out of that and seeing what they're going to do i wouldn't be surprised if it comes out that this was not necessarily mutual but requested yeah and quite frankly if you're somebody who is constantly like support the players, support the players, shut up and support Sarah Gordon. Yeah. I mean, That's part of being true. part of being a Chicago ride or die is if is someone's from Chicago, they're Chicago for fucking ever. And all you got to do is yell so loud from home that they can hear you wherever they're at. That's how it works. That's how it works. Um, and honestly, like, yes, Red Stars podcast, right? But Jesus Christ, what a hell of a pickup for Angel City if that's yeah, what's going right? to happen yeah. this week. Um, you know, but that's just like, that's part of it. Yeah. And I, I remember, and I'll, I'll put this part on here um, for people who are listening to this who aren't our patrons. But, you know, when, when you and I collectively like wrote a thing to sort of put something on our patron in light of all this happening, you know, I, I sort of, I said that, <laughs> like, 
within what I what within what I, I wrote in terms of like my initial reaction um to all this is just you 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 can't say that you support the players and then at the other side of it be like you know yes everyone's human and they're gonna have a reaction to those things and I'm not at all trying to like get on here on a mic and a podcast and say like this isn't how you should feel you should feel this way I'm no means in no way trying to do that at all but I think if anyone who has followed this club in any capacity over the last 10 years should know better than anyone else that things come to an end sometimes I really do feel like I think there was I think after 2019 for this club, there was a perception that 2020 was always going to be a bit of a rebuilding year for them. But that was a bit of bullshit that everybody was fed. And the reality is, is that that's actually going to happen now. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. And that's only true because it is being forced upon them. And that's also a little bit of a frustrating part for me about it. Yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, what? What do you say? The Chicago Red Stars um, are clinging. And when I say the Chicago Red Stars, I'm not talking about the ownership that just came in. I'm not talking about the entry-level employees in that club. I'm not talking about the players. And I'm not even talking about the coaching staff that's still, that's still there they're clinging to this old thing that used to be true and this league is not old enough to be a nostalgia so you know it's like we haven't made it far enough for that yeah um and the club is either gonna have to grow up or this is gonna be rough and it might be rough anyway yeah, I again I, I said that. I think I closed out my my stuff with that on my yeah, post right. that I was like, yeah. I actually think that this is gonna feel worse. Yeah. Before it actually doesn't. And I my hope was that that was only half true. But I think sometimes when it comes to the systematic type of stuff, it absolutely has to hurt a little bit, get a little messy, and get torn down a little bit before you actually build it uh, back up so I think that's that's sort of where things are at right now and this current timeline of things for the rest of us is that things are broken right now trust is broken um the all of those concepts of whatever Chicago Red Stars culture is and or was whatever broken um and people questioning all that so there is a i think there's a real crossroad right now for this franchise and i really do think if they want to try to move forward that there needs to be as clean a slate as possible and i just don't know how, when, or if that is going to happen or what that's going to look like. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. Right. Or even a particular eagerness 
to, I don't know. It's weird, right? It's, it's really weird. You have someone like Sarah Spain saying that she shares fans frustrations and, but she can't say anything. Right. Um, You, you have these cryptic messages by nobody uh, being posted and we have players, former players of the Red Stars, talking about how they're being reached out to personally in all of yep. this, as opposed to any actual consequence, I guess is the word. Um, and that's again where I'm like, well, if that's worked for the team in the past, I don't think that's where we're at right now. Maybe it's not a good idea for the future. Yeah. I don't think that's unfair to say. I am just sort of maybe coming full circle on this whole thing. And going back to Louisville a little bit and sort of feeling all the things that we were feeling right during that week and us both sort of acknowledging and recognizing and like having moments of saying that we were proud of ourselves and each other for where we started and where hopefully we're headed and the other part of that and truth within that is and maybe in, in this section, I'll maybe speak for myself a little bit, but I don't get to where I'm at if I don't have a local team to cover. And that's just the truth. And while I am forever grateful for that, I also understand that in covering this team in certain eras, it's shown me a pattern of like things stopping and starting again and then stopping and starting again. And I just sort of feel like that is a part of whatever the next steps look like. Franchise needs to stop for a second. And like I said, have a clean slate before they can start again. Um, and we're, in the meantime, just going to be on the lookout for that because that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Um, I don't, I don't think that, <laughs> you know, the reporting of, you know, Sarah Gordon, uh, you know, being sought after by Angel City is going to be the last of anything. Um, and I think if people are coming on here to try to find those silver linings again, uh, like they sometimes try to come to us for, I don't have a lot for you. I don't think Claire does either. Um but I think maybe I'll just borrow from that 2019 season again and just say that, like, we tried to do that for for 
our listeners then we were just kind of like hey you know what there's nothing on record right now but if you get a chance you should probably try to go see sam kerr play before she leaves and i think that for right now people should continue to just try to do what they feel is best because nobody should tell you like how to feel or how to react to this and I think if you're somebody, like I said, if you're even the most casual a fan or even if you're the most invested fan, that you're looking at this and you want an answer and you want a timeline and you want a solution. And my only reaction to that is to just make sure within all that, that you're continuing to try to take care of yourself. And um, we have been saying a lot about you know, supporting the players and protecting the players and to just try to maybe reevaluate what that means a little bit as well, because just sort of taking a little bit of the reactions that I saw to the Sarah Gordon news that I put out, (laughs) there's people upset about it. And no, it's not obviously directed at the player, but there is like deep feelings about it and rightfully so. Um, that's a player who's been around for the team for a long time. But um, I just want people to try to keep as much perspective as they can, to try to take care of themselves, and to just try to remember that if you came here because of the players and you're still looking for a reason to stay, it's still because of the players. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly say that that's like – where I think we are at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this began as two fans talking about the team, right? It's, it's not quite the same as, as some of the other stuff we do. Began as, as a labor of love. And and I'm I'm with I'm right there with Sandra, right? If there's no Chicago Red Stars, there's no me doing any of this. Um I will just say that it doesn't feel good. Maybe this is where I'll leave it because this has been a conversation that Sandra and I have had multiple times over, I think the last three years, which is we're doing this thing as a labor of love, but what do you do when the love isn't there in the moment? Yeah. And I will say that it doesn't feel good to progressively become less of a fan of something that you used to be really passionate about. The concept of, of the Chicago red stars, you know, part of that's growing up though. Right. That's what I'm saying. Part of that is growing up and putting your adult pants on and, and doing your job because that's what you're there to do. And I will say for us, there's two reasons why we're still here. We're still here because we care very deeply about these players. And we're still here because we care a lot about this community. And what I want for the future is to be able to uphold this community while not accepting or upholding these things 
that have to disappear for this club to exist in an ethical way. So, yeah. So I guess that's like, that is truly where I'm at. Um, I don't know how you maintain community while also, I don't know. I, I feel like we have, we have like two hands in two different places and I think it's a weird place to be. And I'm trying to be really honest about that. Yeah. Um, other than just like all we've always done is try to be like an honest as open and yeah, as possible and just accept that that's all you can do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think <laughs> again talking about eras like covering the team through 2020 like that was like i feel like a theme for us even like we're just trying our best <laughs> we're just gonna try our best yeah because this is new for everybody right like pandemic virtual everything playing you know through it all making content through it all um and i think that that's just sort of what we're gonna still try to be about you know a little bit here. I, uh, yeah, I think that is, I think that is where we end it. I think that if you're listening to this, thank you, honestly. Um, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Because while I can like sit here and say that like this doesn't exist, that there isn't a local club to do it for, this literally doesn't exist if the community doesn't exist and upholds this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you if you're listening to this and, you know, for your patience and for your support as always. Um, that has been really nice, I guess, right? That has been like a nice thing, I guess, that we could sort of point out and pluck out and sort of pick and say, well, everything sucks, but it's nice that people are checking in on each other, right? Um, so I guess in terms of energy, hopefully people can just try to keep that and check in with, with each other. I know that, um, again, we will try to do our best to continue to do that um, because we started this episode off with wanting to talk about players that took that pitch on november 20th and you know what we're gonna end it with that too um because those those players are worth talking about and covering and uh sharing their stories i have one final thing actually that i want to say about that um and this is something that i say like knowing that uh what i'm about to say comes from an experience that not everybody has had but the thing that I, I really want to emphasize, and this has nothing to do with me, but I want people to know this, is it, and I think I've said this in other places before, I don't remember if it was here or not, but these players give us a lot. So much. On record, they open up about so many things. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about Danny Colaprico talking <laughs> about the difficulty she's had over the last two years with the death of her father. I'm thinking about Morgan Gatra talking to the athletic about 
the emotional process of essentially being iced outside of the women's national team and brought back in and what that did to her. Um, Bella Bixby, the bravery that she showed after that semifinal performance. I just want people to, to know that I, I want them to see what the players are giving us even just through the normal processes of this sport because I have the privilege and Sandra has the privilege of being part of those conversations. And those are very special and they do not need to do that. And so when I say like why we keep coming back to that, like that's it. And I think that's something that not everybody understands. And maybe this sounds weird. I know sometimes you come from this stuff and it sounds weird that you're like emphasizing it, but that's the other kind of element of this. Even when you're talking about like Sarah Gordon, right? These players give us a lot and they don't get always get a lot back. Um, and so that was, that was the final thought that I had. You sprung that out of my brain, but. <laughs> I don't know if I sprung it out of your brain, but I'm just happy to be here with you, buddy. It's been a, it's been a long, hard 10 months. And then somehow we crammed a decade into a week and had to try to compartmentalize that. And I think trying to just remind everybody and ourselves to bring it back to the players is it, you know, um, talk, even talking about a really hard loss in the championship final and witnessing that with them and through them. You know, and our favorite time of the year, right? Like the lead up to it <laughs> and the fun that we had there. Right, right? before, right up to kickoff. <laughs> right up to kickoff, you know, you even, you even got a goal. That's right. You even got That's a goal. Right. Um, Aaron Wright, man. An angel yep. just serving it up. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's uh, long, <laughs> long. And it really does suck that this is just sort of like the ending that is uh, falling upon it. Um, but it's always, it always started with them and it's always going to end with them. So there, yeah, <laughs> there's already something that I put about, about Sarah Gordon, right? In the Twitterverse. And who knows what else is, is to come. Um, but for the players, right. And for each other, we're going to try to keep moving. Uh, we've been trying to do our best, I think, to also take, take our cues like from them essentially. Right. And again, watching them do what they're doing in light of literally everything, uh, kind of coming down on them, um, we're just going to continue to try to do our best. So thank you, everybody, uh, for wanting to even listen to us and our two brains try to talk about any of this. You didn't have to be here, but you are. Uh, again, we're so grateful for that. 
I always sort of outro these things with plugs and supporting our work. Not going to harp too long on that, but we do have a patron. And if you're interested, you could check it out. If you're not so interested in that and you're more about the socials, we got those two. Go and find us. Um, I love you, Claire. Support the players. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please get vaccinated if asked. Wear your mask if asked. Um, stay safe. The holidays are coming up. There's a brand new variant out there. Everybody, yeah, get your please, booster. Please you get your booster if you can. And please remember to just try to take care of yourselves. Yeah. Take care of each other's. And continue your support of Black Players and Black Life. And uh, Claire and I will be back as soon as we can regarding any Chicago Red Stars updates. <laughs>